We really just start to unravel and create what I call a circle self, getting away from this organization chart that we've unconsciously placed ourselves in and all of our gifts in these boxes, our self-care, right? Like here's my work. And then all of these things, here's my self-care under this neat and tidy box. And I can only rest when I've worked nine to five or like whatever it is. And it's just not working anymore. And Lindsay, I know like we've been connected for quite some time now in the evolution. And like, I love so deeply what you're sharing of the embodiment. Like that's one of the key pieces. Welcome home to Soul Shine Radio. I'm your hostess, Lindsay Martin Ellis, embodied intuitive, spiritual guide, author, and speaker. This is your sacred virtual sanctuary where myself and heart-centered guest experts will be sharing through a multidimensional lens our innate wisdom, practices, transmissions, and activations to support you in navigating the integration of your spiritual journey and human experience. I am here to help you bring the pleasure, presence, and play back into your soul's evolution to surrender into the great mystery so that you can embody your magic and become a magnet for miracles. And of course, to remind you of the gift in breaking wide open because it's the cracks that allows your light to shine through. It's time to unleash and radiate your unique soul shine because the world craves your radiant light now more than ever. You ready? Let's do this, love. Hello, hello, soul fam. I don't know why, but it feels like it's been forever since I'm speaking with all of you (laughs) and I'm feeling a bit zen at the moment. I just finished a, a workout. Here's my plug of the, I guess you'll call it a spiritual base workout, the class. It's called The Class by Taryn Toomey. It used to be Taryn Toomey used to be the CEO and I I believe she's now passed the baton and she's still teaching classes. And I did a 45 minute class called, it was about, it was all about digestion and using the body to heal the gut, to clear density, to just detoxify the organs. And I love it because it's hard. (laughs) It's a hard workout. And um, it's also gentle and there's spiritual components and meditative components. So I feel grounded and it's been a bit nonstop for me because drum roll, I'm listing my house. What's today? It'll pretty much be listed. The photos will have been taken and my house will be listed a few short days after this is recorded. And when this is actually launched on Monday, my house will be listed that week. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because I have the lovely Jill Hyman on the show here today. And I titled the episode How to Flow from Overdrive to Purpose Driven. And that is a part of her mission to to help women, powerful, powerhouse, ambitious, high-performing women really ditch that burnout grind mentality and to leverage that that 
energy into a purposeful, soulful, juicy, delicious life. And the reason why I'm excited to share is I met Jill. I'm kind of bouncing all over the place here, but this is how we roll. I met Jill several years ago. We were asked by a nonprofit breast cancer organization to have a speaking panel at one of the colleges in the West Coast of Florida to talk about well-being, body, mind, spirit, all of the things, right? Like how to truly heal the body and connect with the body. And we met and it was an instant connection. And Jill was actually the my my advocate in in referring me to the work of Anahita June with Beauty Unleashed and she was going through the program at the time and I kind of got to watch her her transformation so we connected we didn't know each other before the event and we connected connected and it was an instant connection you when you just know and we we stayed connected and I'm trying to think was I still in corporate I believe when we met we were both still in corporate and working our businesses on the side, which is really our sole mission work and growing that on the side. And we just kept doing the inner work and exploration and continuing in the corporate setting. And so she introduced me to, honestly, she was a stand for me and opening me up to the, to the goddess, <laughs> to the work of the divine feminine and now I'm integrating the unhealed masculine back into my being and, and coming back there and, and truly embodying and integrating what it means to be a whole human who carries both the masculine and feminine poles within, within me and learning how to leverage both and be in harmony with both. And <clears throat> I love sharing the move dealio with you all on this episode because Jill now lives in Asheville in the mountains. <laughs> it was a very soul-led journey a couple of years ago for her and now I'm ending up in her backyard soon and I was messaging with her the other day and I'm like all right spirit still there's still there's still some work we get to do together because you left the west coast of Florida and ended up in the Blue Ridge Mountains and now I'm you know, a few steps behind you. And I'm just excited to see where this journey continues to take us. So with that, this episode has two little, well, one is me interviewing her in my Facebook group and, and her sharing a bit more about who she is and, and how she serves. And at the time she was still in corporate. And then she got to interview me on an event she did that was called Corporate Women Rising. And she was kind of asking about my key takeaways and what I learned in the corporate role and, and moving out of the corporate role and moving into entrepreneurship and all of the fun <laughs> initiations that happen on that journey that most people don't talk about. Um, and so it's fun to go back and to remember that moment where we first met and where we were building this vision for our lives on the side while still in a corporate setting 
And then I, I left corporate, I, I want to say a couple years before her and she moved to Blue, Blue Ridge Mountains before I did. So we've got this golden thread of interconnectedness happening here. And Jill's really passionate about you know, women who are immersed in any institutionalized system, right? Like a corporate role because it's very masculine. And so, and also ambitious, high achieving leaders like Jill and I know how to get shit done. Like we, we know how to do it, to get it done. We know how to be successful through pushing and just doing it. And it was at the expense, you know, I don't want to speak for her, but it was at the expense of our aliveness and our vitality and our well-being and our, our source of joy. And we've learned it's like, OK, that wasn't working for us. And then we truly just dove deep into the work of the feminine. And now we're integrating and we have been for a long time integrating this journey of of true wholeness of of sacred union from an energetic standpoint and serving right through sharing our experience and sharing our wisdom and i believe that's all that teachers are is it's like we know it because we've lived it and we've been through it if people are teaching things that they know nothing about and they haven't lived and they <laughs> haven't embodied it's it's a lot harder for me personally to to buy into that, right? Like, I want to know that you know what it's like. I want to know that you've lived it and you've breathed it and you've been through it and you're devoted and committed to it in that way. And I'm sure there's teachers, right, who share things. Like I think about, of course, history, right? Like, obviously, we weren't there. But it's one thing to like, be just so connected to the historical information, for example, and the lineages and the indigenous cultures and whatever we want to, you know, whatever it is for us, right? There's a difference when you can feel that someone is like, mm, yes, I love this work. I love learning about this. And it just becomes a part of them. And so the, why I love sharing you know, this repurposed content that I keep sharing with all of you and that I was talking to Jill about is it's like, I want to continue to be relatable for people. I want people to know that half the time I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Oh, yeah. And then I have the moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so on fire and I'm so on purpose. And then I have moments of, oh, my gosh, I'm moving. I'm uprooting my life. Am, am I what am I doing? Do I want to change my mind? And then I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to land in the mountains, right? Like this is the journey and the human experience, you know, the soul journey in human form. Like this is the both and. And through our journeys of being in these masculine roles and knowing how to perform in, again, this construct that women were dropped into when women began to enter the workplace, it's not designed for our energy body, for our hormones. I mean, it's all connected. It's just not designed for sustainability in our lives. And generally, right, like I know for me personally, I don't have children yet, but I know like I still take on so many of the roles, even though that even though Chad and I have I mean, we have such a beautiful partnership. It's just like inherently in me to want to nurture and to like 
want to be the one cooking all the time and want to be the one like having that home role. It's just, I love it. And I believe that is the feminine, right? Because we're nurturers by nature. And again, we can confuse that with, with gender, but of course, men absolutely carry the nurturing resonance within them too, because they hold the frequency of the, the feminine within them as well. So this is where it can just be, it's, it's just like fun to keep exploring. What does this mean? And I believe, for example, we have archetypes and we have mm, form that show us what's truly at play here, right? So it's like the male and the female body, right? Shows us predominantly masculine and feminine features, energy, emotions, um, you know, like from a from a general scale. And so it's just a fun thing to kind of to kind of explore. But just even with motherhood and and being a wife and having a partner, whatever it is, it's like we we just women, we just care so much. And I ask my husband all the time, I notice he has a very linear way of thinking like he can he can let go of everything else and only be focused on one thing. My brain is like still thinking about the other thing and thinking about that and thinking about the other person and is dinner going to be on the table and are we who's going to clean the house this week and right and 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 so wanting to just nurture and nourish and so when we were dropped into this model this construct of the workplace uh it you know it's not working anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it ever did work. But again, like from a place of no judgment, it's like we get to evolve institutions. We get to evolve constructs. Things change. Technology changes. The world changes. What we know uh, scientifically changes, right? Like there's things, there's information that we now have access to that we didn't have access to before from an evolutionary and, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint and a technology standpoint, right? Because technology, especially with the rise of AI, we are moving on and moving forward. And I'm excited to share the juiciness that is Jill Hyman. And she's the founder and CEO of Awake Journey. And this is her company that's dedicated to offering a, sp a safe space to unravel limiting beliefs, releasing self-criticism and becoming your most authentic embodied self. She's also a mindset mentor and a vision coach, supporting powerhouse women to create their dream into reality by flowing from overdrive into purpose-driven, which is why this is why I titled the episode, right? It's like, how can we, it's, it's almost like, how can we direct that energy into something that feels good, right? Because once we start to come home to ourselves, once we start to be in our authentic nature, once we start to start to truly drop into our bodies, right? And we have all of this life force within us, we can then channel that into something more meaningful that can serve the whole. And that's that's what I'm receiving from from Jill's share about like that's it move you know we're flowing from overdrive like burnout burnout overdrive do 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 go 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 into like purpose driven which again to me that's considered divine will that's considered what I call being the divine in action like it's that both and 
She's a best-selling author, a speaker, a master facilitator. She's certified. She's a certified life mastery dream builder coach, a meditation teacher, a Reiki practitioner, intuitive energy guide, and a well-being advocate. Oh my goodness. So I love having, right? This is it. It's like, we know, we know stuff. Like, We've lived it, right? This is through our own practice of what works, what doesn't work, what lights me up. We start to build this resume of this is what we practice. This, These are the modalities that we teach. And ultimately, it's about liberating ourselves into our fullest expression, being ourselves and being on purpose, right? Like what a world would that be? And She's had nearly two decades of experience in corporate America sales for Fortune 500 and startup companies. She's got a bachelor's degree in communications. And if you watch this on YouTube, you'll see we like to use our hands. We were joking about that earlier. And she's a former college athlete. So there's so much about Jill's journey, Jill's story, Jill's just right, like the athletic, the successful, right? Like being in sales, which I was also in sales. I was a consultant in in engineering. You know, I was selling to men for many, many years um, as a consultant in the engineering world, right? And so just the synchronicities and noticing the patterns when I would walk into a room. For me, for example, noticing the patterns when I would walk onto a construction site, Noticing the patterns also that were self-induced of me feeling the need to prove myself, me feeling the need to be able to have a seat at the table, I would be the last one to leave at the office and I would say yes to everything, right? Even at the expense again of my health, which is why my health started breaking down and why I ultimately left corporate because I recognized that it was sucking my soul dry. Again, not everybody's journey, but for me, it was, it was, it served its purpose to teach me this is not what alignment looks like for you. And this is this is the, the this is the journey of life. Is there anything else that I want to add? So basically, I want to thank you, Jill, for standing for me. And I want you to remember because I was not in a place. It it did I was not like a heck yes when Jill first invited me into working with Anahita. And she was, she wasn't relentless. She was a little relentless, but in a gentle way, meaning like she didn't give up on me. Right. And I'll never forget because of what I I was, I was dressing like I was an engineer at these speaking engagements that I was doing on the side. And her and I would joke about it after the fact, right? Because that wasn't me. That was... That wasn't me at my core. That wasn't authentically how I dress. It's just I was so used to dressing like that for so many years in the corporate setting that that started to carry into my everyday life. And I was wearing a lot of black and I was wearing a lot of suit jackets and a lot of pencil skirts and heels, which thank goodness are officially all no longer in my closet anymore. And that was such a liberating feeling. But she stood for me and I want to, you know, I want, I want that to be a reminder that you get to stand for other people. And the more that you're in your body and the more that you're 
being and the more that you're on purpose, it's easier to stand for other people. It's easier to advocate. It's easier to show up and be visible. It's easier to use your voice. It gets easier all the time. Again, trust me, there's so many things that I want to talk about that I will continue to open up to on the podcast. And I'm feeling very called. I was just having an amazing polarizing conversation um, around Christianity and psychedelics and the merging of that with one of my new friends. And I just want to like blast our minds wide open about what truth is and the boxes that we put ourselves in. And corporate is a box. And we need a box. We need structure. That's the masculine. And then the feminine life life force fills that. However, just because the structure is there doesn't mean that we continue on with that structure forever. There comes a time when you begin to transcend that structure and it forms into something new. And that is evolution. And it takes the wild thinkers and it takes the courageous ones who are just saying, hey, what about this? And I am so curious about learning about people and learning about how people feel connected to to source consciousness. And there's so many people that are afraid to say, I voted for this person or these are my religious or spiritual beliefs or this is what I like to do behind closed doors to, to feel connected to God, or these are the practices that I do to feel love, to heal myself. And I've been learning more about darkness retreats. I don't know if you've heard of them where you're in complete pitch black darkness for you can choose however many days. And they're actually now saying that DMT starts to release in the brain after I can't remember how many days of, you know, you being in complete darkness and you have very visceral experiences and you meet yourself, you meet the shadow parts of yourself that, um, it's so funny. I wasn't planning on going here, but I want to talk about this. (laughs) Jill's totally cool with it. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers went in the darkness and he, there was a lot of media criticism and there's a lot of things that are up in the air with his career right now. And he's the quarterback of the Packers. And he was on a Aubrey Marcus's podcast recently. And he's like, you know, the NFL talks about the importance of mental health. And yet when I go and I do something to be with myself, to remove myself from the outside world to be with my thoughts to connect inwards there's a lot of smack talking that's happening in the media right and people want to say you're weird and people want to judge you and people want to tear you down and it's like I'm getting emotional because it's like and he's speaking up now and using his voice and what a gift right when people are in the spotlight like that of this is some this is one thing that I'm doing, you know, and he's talked about plant medicine before too. And so it's like he's not saying go do this. He's saying this is what's working for me. And if you want to come over here and try it, here I am. 
And yet so many of us want to tear it down. And I get it because the ce- our cells in our body, we have 75 trillion cells. They don't like change. <laughs> they like the same thing. So biologically, the moment that there's something different out there from what we're used to, the cells are like, I don't want to die. And that triggers, oh my gosh, we're going to die in the body. We don't want change biologically. But it's necessary for our evolution. And I just feel like this is the time, like this is the time to make the change if you're in corporate or if you're a stay-at-home mom who used to be in corporate or if you have a business but you're not actually showing up or you've been dabbling with a, a business venture on the side, if you're like, oh, if you feel that there's something that you are naturally gravitating towards like you love learning about it and you love doing it and you love talking about it exploring that or if you used to paint and then you stopped like why did you stop I used to play guitar in high school and I all of a sudden woke up the other morning and I'm like oh my gosh I'm supposed to get a guitar again I'm supposed to start playing guitar again This is what happens when you become alive. Like, I want to play instruments. I want to try new things. I want to keep trying new things in my business and keep exploring how I can support people. And I want to have more fun. I want to play more and serve more. Like, all of it is in service to the whole, which, and it feels good in the process, right? So I feel like I went off on so many tangents, but it's really about the same thing. Like why I love Jill, why she's one of my sisters is, you know, we've done the work to clear what was not working in our own individuated um, experience of the masculine, the unhealed masculine, you know, needing to be purged and cleared and purified And then once we've done that, we're doing something like we're leveraging all of that into something more meaningful for our lives. And we're showing other people what's possible. And through our own embodied liberation, we're liberating others just from talking about taboo topics, just from making the move to the mountains. Like she made the move to the mountains several years ago, just as a soul call like she felt it she knew she was supposed to be there and she just uprooted and left she left corporate too right there's so many people that just stay they just stay where they're at and I get it because like I said I'm understanding the biology that happens in our body it's scary but don't you want to just try like to me a meaningful life is like I would rather have way more fuck-ups and know that I tried new things and I experimented and I lived, then I just stayed the same and didn't try and had regrets and always wondered what if. And that to me is a meaningful life. And so regardless of where you're at, you know, I invite you to check out the show notes and drop into Jill's world. She has a free upcoming event that's coming up soon. If you're listening to this in real time, it's called Paradigm Shift and it's a five-day mind-body challenge. It's a free offering. And if you want to connect with with your vision, you're feeling burnt out, you're feeling like 
I get to have a paradigm shift because this is what I'm talking about. Like we are entering a new paradigm and you can either resist, resist, resist and get dragged along along, or you can have autonomy over what your soul came here to do and who you came here to be. And Jill's one of those, one of those beacons of light. Um, I feel like there was something else that I wanted to say about living. Oh, I want to do a whole solo cast on this, but you want to know the one question that people ask me most about me moving, about Chad and I moving to the mountains is, well, I know that you work online, but, but what about Chad? And I'm like, what about Chad? (laughs) And they're like, his business is here. And I go, yeah. And they're building homes every day in North Carolina. (laughs) And there's a lot of woodworking. And actually, it's funny, there's, for those of you who don't know, my husband's a carpenter, he left finance, uh, actually, just shy of a year ago. Um, He was in the investment research biz. And also in a institution, <laughs> institutionalized system in the corporate structure that wasn't working for him anymore. That was sucking his soul dry. And um, the amount of anxiety that built up and just the life force that I was seeing sucked, literally sucked, sucking out of his body was insane. And finally, I had to have a come to Jesus meeting with him like, babe, figure it out. Like, you got to do this. I'm here to help you. Like, are you, re- are you ready to do the thing that you've been wanting to do? Because he was, again, also building his carpentry business on the side while working in corporate and just saying, like, maybe one day I'll leave. And finally, he did it. And he's doing amazing. And of course, there's challenges and growing pains, but that's life. And I just think about the amount of people who don't take the risk because it's like, because they're afraid of failing, right? Like, okay, so Chad, he, he has no fear around it. Every time I ask him, he's like, no, I, I feel good about this. And we've talked to so many people when we've made our tr- last trip up there and people are like, oh my gosh, there's so much work. And in North Carolina, I feel like there's even more woodworking because there's like the modern cabin look and there's tongue and groove ceilings. There's just a lot more fun there. They bring the elements and the wood. They bring it in the warmth of the of the wood into the home more, uh, especially with like natural looking wood and things like that. And so I just laugh because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the number one question I get is, but what about Chad? And it's like, what about Chad? He's fully capable of doing exactly what he did here and building his business and doing it again and trying new things and connecting and networking and learning new things and new environments and like and I mean, I'm so excited for him because I'm like, wow, look at the mastery that he gets to create doing what he does best and what he loves most in a new area. And I think about the growth that he's going to have through that process. Again, knowing that there will be challenges. And I want to be very clear. There's been some dark moments with Chad um, leaving corporate. There was some dark moments with myself leaving corporate. I don't want to speak for Jill, but this is it. You you it's like you gotta you gotta be willing to die a little bit inside to to birth anew and so with that it's detaching from the for example for me 
when I left corporate, I'm like, oh, I'm free. And then I realize all of the conditioning of that corporate hamster wheel was ingrained in my DNA and my cellular memory. And I was operating that way. And I made myself sick, actually. I share all about it on social media. Went back to my functional medicine doctor, did a bunch of of tests and was having neurotransmitter imbalances because I was still operating from the same way. I was burning myself out. I was overworking. I didn't know how to turn on and off my entrepreneurial cap. I was um, like I, I was just I was mixing everything together, like work and business, like everything was just mixed and I, I just didn't know how to stop. And Chad had to have a lot of chats with me, like a lot of pep talks. And I had to really dig deep. And I'm noticing I'm having very similar talks with him. Like, remember, babe, that time that I was going through this? And I realized this is part of it. And this is why so many people, for example, if if you're feeling the pull to move, so many people are like, eh, I don't really want to start over. So I'm just going to stay here. Right. But if you're truly meant to move and be in a new location, the universe is not going to stop. You're going to keep getting these little whispers that eventually get louder and louder and louder and louder that are like, you got to go. And that's really what happened to us. And after the hurricane in late September, it was like Chad came to me and he goes, I'm ready. I'm so I said, ready for what he's like you want to do this? I'm ready to move. And I'm like, I think I'm ready. And we were all excited with nervous butterflies. And then the next morning, I'm like, are we doing this? And pretty much every day we would wake up and we would check in and we'd say, are you still going to do this? And then we hired our realtor and then we made the trip to go to North Carolina. And then we found our town and it was just like, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Are we still doing this? And of course there's fear, but I welcome the fear. I'm like, of course, I have no idea where I'm ending up. And that's the beauty of it. I want to know that at the end of my life, I tried new things and I, I took the risk and I listened to my heart and I want to be that beacon of light for other people. So again, don't look at Jill and I's life and say, I want to move to the mountains. <laughs> If that's not your thing or I want to leave corporate, right? It's like, we're not telling you to leave corporate. We're telling you, like, can you get quiet enough inside to ask the question of like, what do I really want? And if there's like a burning desire that you've always had, like, I've always wanted to learn this thing. I've always wanted to take cooking classes. I've always wanted to learn how to surf. I've always wanted, whatever it is, I've always wanted to travel to this one place. Can you start to take small, actionable steps to move yourself in that direction? Like, I'm not saying to like blow your life savings on a world sailing trip or something in this moment, unless that's your jam. But like, what is something that you can do that brings you closer to that? Because the language of the universe is energy and the universe does not know the difference. The universe just knows like, all right, they're moving, they're they're on path, they're on course, they're on path. Okay, great. 
And that's how I live my life now. And obviously that's how Jill's living because she heard the call and ended up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And now I get to be neighbors with her soon. And every time I tell people I'm moving there, so many spiritual people are headed to that area. And I'm so fascinated by that. Like, what is it that's bringing us all to this place? And I'm curious about that. And I've already met new people. People have introduced me to new people. I've had clients say my best friend just moved there. I mean, I'm getting actually emails from the podcast like my sister lives there and I'm I'm so excited. I have another client who only lives two hours away and I got to see her when I visited. So I'm just feeling the excitement of these times and Jill hit the nail on the head like, we're in a paradigm shift, whether you like it or not. So this is your moment to claim that for yourself. And I was not planning on talking this long. Now I'm like feeling inspired and, you know, feeling connected. And I'm just like, I want people to live their life. I want you to live like your dharma. What does that look like for you? Is it leaving corporate? Is it leaving your job? Is it moving? Is it finally letting go of that relationship that you know you've been settling in and doesn't really feel right? What is that paradigm shift for you? So check out the show notes, all the ways to connect with Jill and enter her world. And of course, enter that mind body challenge called paradigm shift if you're feeling the call. And I feel like I just talked about 500,000 topics, but I'm trusting that this was the medicine that we all needed. So you're going to start hearing more polarizing taboo conversations from a place of curiosity and neutrality. You're going to hear me talking more about alternative health because, of course, we've got a massive health crisis that's happening on the planet, right? Because we don't know how to listen to our bodies. We don't know how to connect with our body wisdom. That to me is the health crisis. And of course, you're going to hear from so many of my friends and new faces and people that inspire me who are doing it, who are being courageous and being bold and moving in the direction of what sets their soul on fire. So thank you for tuning in. I cannot wait for you to uh, just hear Jill's wisdom and hear us talk about all of the things of our journey to date. And I hope to connect with you next week or maybe the week after and you'll get an update from me on the journey of selling my house and moving. All right, much love. I have my beautiful soul sister, Jill Hyman here with me today. And I really, you know, I'm feeling called to really offer anything that I possibly can to the different groupings of women. Some of us are stay-at-home moms. Some of us are multiple, you know, entrepreneurs, multiple businesses, and many are in some sort of system in some sort of corporate setting. And that is why I felt called to invite Jill here today. If you want to say hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. Sisters, so good to be here. Oh, Lindsay, thank you for bringing me on. It's like, I'm just so fired up about this and supporting women that find themselves in corporate or in a system, and it's just not feeling aligned anymore. So thank you to you and to everyone watching. Hello. 
Yeah. And we actually met, gosh, how many years ago with COVID, it makes it maybe three now. Yeah. When I lived in Florida. So, I mean, we (laughs) did like that first workshop when workshops were a thing at (laughs) like in person. (laughs) Yeah. It was fun. We were asked to to actually co-teach college students on vitality and aliveness and wellness and all of these things. And our visions have, have expanded and we've continued to grow in our circles out, like just like continue to expand our sisterhood. And I really wish that I had somebody like a visionary, like yourself, who's a badass corporate woman and a badass visionary and a soul led woman on a mission. Like you really embody all of these things around like what's not working in the system and, and how to like still remain in corporate and to continue, continue to expand and to still, to me, it feels like being authentic self, like being aligned, being connected, even in a system that doesn't always serve us as women. And I, I see we're in this like dismantling phase right now. And I think we're in a really beautiful time where we get to create a new reality and how we get to show up in these environments. So with that, if there's anything you want to share about yourself, about your work, about like something tangible that maybe some of the women can take today, and then anything that you would like to share in terms of what you have coming up, that'd be great. Ah, uh, thank you. Oh, you said so many things that are so crucial. So um, a lot of you probably don't know me, but I am Jill Hyman. As Lindsay said, I am a mindset mentor and vision coach. I've also been in and still am in corporate. It's been over 15 years now. So I've held a sales role for quite a long time and have really found, you know, I launched my business, Awake Journey, my coaching business back in 2018 simultaneously while holding this corporate role. And so it's really become clear to me uh, that anything's possible. You just get to say yes. So you, if you are a woman that's tuning in and listening to this, you find yourself in a system, whatever it might be, healthcare, government. I've talked to so many women, um, or a corporate, like the, the boxed corporate, uh, in a role, but you're just not feeling aligned and you're feeling like you're overworked. You're probably on the, on the edge of burnout. You are not feeling valued. You're not feeling like what you have to offer is being met, right? So that's where we get in a lot of my teachings. We really just start to unravel and create what I call a circle self, getting away from this organization chart that we've unconsciously placed ourselves in and all of our gifts in these boxes, our self-care, right? Like here's my work and then all of these things. Here's my self-care under this neat and tidy box and I can only rest when I've worked nine to five or like whatever it is. And it's just not working anymore. And Lindsay, I know like we've been connected for quite some time now in the evolution. And like, I love so deeply what you're sharing of the embodiment. Like that's one of the key pieces, dancing and getting in back into our bodies. Um, and it's, it's just the time is now. And we've been saying it, but like, really, if you are a woman that's in the system, you can create whatever your soul is longing for you to create simultaneously. And um, I have an upcoming workshop that's going to be really supportive. Uh, and so I'm going to give a little nugget of uh, a tool that you can use to practice with. 
um, shall you be called to come and hang out at this workshop? So it's happening on Thursday, this Thursday, February 3rd at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'll drop the, the link in the comments to RSVP. But between now and then, know that this vision that you have is yours. It's unique to you, whether it's to start a side business, to start this idea, maybe it's a product. You've had this thought Maybe you've already created it. Maybe you've gotten the patent for it. Maybe it's this role within the company you're already in that's just not created yet. Like it's not here, but you know that you can step into it. Um, You're going to be met with however big your vision is. You're going to be met with that same force of fear, of doubt, of the judgment of I can't do this, the self-criticism, the self-sabotaging, all of these things. And what has helped me and been so beneficial in a practice that I work on with my clients um, is mirror work. And it's really sitting in front of the mirror like this, you know, and looking at yourself deeply in your eyes and allowing whatever wants to come forward. Um, You know, it might not feel comfortable at first. It probably won't you might only last for like one minute, (laughs) one minute sitting with yourself in front of the mirror can sometimes be like, Whoa, hold up, hold up. So sit there and see what comes forward. Have your journal next to you and allow the things to come out. Like any, whatever the voice is, you can't do this. Like, who do you think you are? Okay. Take a deep breath, allow all the things like, there's no way you're going to accomplish this. You don't have enough time in the day. Whatever those, all of the things that want to come out, let them be voiced, say them to yourself in the mirror. And then just take some deep breaths and through your nose, out through your net mouth, come back into your body. I know you all know how to do this. You're in this tribe <laughs> um, that Lindsay has beautifully created. Come back into your body. Allow some stillness. Allow your all knowing, allow your soul to speak now. And just hold, nourish, hug that piece of you where that fear is and ensure that it's safe. Like, you're okay. I got you this time. I hear you. Try that on. Um, Because it's going to get, it's, you're going to be met. And I know, you know, this Lindsay, like you will be met with the exact same energetic vibration that's going to meet you and try and throw you off track. And that's one of the things that we talk about is how to be one with your fears and my upcoming workshop. Um, we also are going to talk about building your vision um, with clarity, how to align and decide on your vision, the power of fundamental choice, and ultimately, like how you can step confidently with such boldness into this vision that your soul is longing for. So um, I'm just I'm so fired up and I'm so excited to offer these tools for women just feeling stuck in the corporate space. Thank you, beautiful. There was so much you share that it was like, download, download, download. And it's so interesting because like we haven't even connected fully in like where your vision has taken you and my vision and my vision, like I want to take this workshop just because my vision is evolving. And I was talking to our business coach, Sasha, about this the other day of like, wow, even six months ago, things are shifting and it's because the collective is shifting. And, but I no longer have the fear that I used to have in that shift around, oh my gosh, 
like my identity is shifting as I'm evolving. And so is my business. And so is how I'm creating impact. And I think that's what we're seeing in the collective. It's, it's the choice point of, am I going to transmute fear? Like, am I going to allow the fear to consume me? Or am I going to like create, use this as momentum in order for it to propel me into this vision? And I think you're absolutely right with the hierarchy, right? Like that's such a masculine patriarchal approach and women thrive in circle. Like that's how the world I feel like is gets to be rebirthed is in this shoulder to shoulder is in us having compassion, working in harmony, right? Like still having wisdom, like being wisdom keepers, but still honoring all parties involved and allowing all of us to have a voice, right? And allowing all of us to co-create this reality. So I'm excited for what you have to offer and what you get to share. And I will say also the mirror work is something that I do resist a lot. (laughs) You know, I generally only do it in retreats or programs or when I'm like really noticing that I'm lacking intimacy with myself. And it's so revealing. It's so revealing. And it's because like, it's the places that we go when we don't want to be with self. So of course, looking in the mirror, right? It like brings up everything about our appearance, right? About the self-doubt, the self-criticism. So I am going to actually take you up on that. And I am going to, at least until the workshop, give it a few days and see how I do and see what opens up for me because there's always more. And I think that's the fun. Like the more we can just be in the fun of the, of the evolution and the change that's happening on the planet and letting our vision excite us and not let the fear consume us. That's where the magic happens. It just becomes a little bit easier. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. The world needs this. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing of what you said, right? Everything is a circle. And when we do step into this, for those women that are finding yourself in a system, you then get to show up like Lindsay said, authentically. And there are so many things, opportunities, possibilities available for you. You can't see it yet because you're showing up in this compartmentalized self to your work, to your job, to your day job. So, you know, I can attest and that's why it's, I'm just so called to support and help corporate women because I've seen the shifts while simultaneously doing it in my corporate role. And, um, Yes, we need it because we need those women in the systems so we can start being the change and the system then gets to change. Yeah. And of course, I absolutely don't doubt or I'm not sitting here like trying to retrace my steps. But perhaps if I did have this awareness when I was in corporate, like maybe I would have stayed longer and or maybe I would have actually been more a part of the change that gets to happen in the male dominated, you know, masculine dominated engineering role that I was in. And of course, I'm trusting it all and the timing of it all. But, you know, like there are parts of me that just kept thinking this is not sustainable. Like this is not sustainable for motherhood. This is not sustainable for how women like the burnout that I was seeing in our bodies literally failing was just tremendous. And the the small amount of women that were actually in the industry, we were seeing, seeing leaving in the masses. And, you know, 
we get to have women in the system and in these corporate roles in order for us to be a part of the harmony that gets to be, that gets to, to happen. So I absolutely am I'm so excited for, for what you're offering. And you are a badass woman in corporate. So let me just attest to Jill, like she's walking the walk and talking the talk, right? Like she's doing the work. She's not just sitting here, you know, from the sidelines, like she's currently in it. And um, I'm really, really pumped. So yes, Jill, you will drop the link in the comments. Is there anything else that you want to add before we pop off? I so appreciate you. Mm, I so appreciate you. Uh, You know what's coming through, Lindsay, is (laughs) because this is my stretch to grow, ask for support. And, um, you know, the women that I've talked to that are in these corporate roles, the one of the number one support is accountability. We're really good. And I can say we because I've been in corporate for so long. We're really good at masculine. You are a high achiever. You're really good at getting things done. But where um, the struggle can come in is getting things done for yourself, getting things done for your vision. So ask for the support. And this is one of the ways I'm so honored and in gratitude to help and support is through this workshop. So thank you for this, this time to get a connect. It's always so fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that people can direct message you as well. So you'll see, you know, Jill in the comments when she puts the link. And then of course you can add any questions and let's just keep this conversation going as that's been a lot of my shares in the group, even as of late, even just in my relationship with my husband and like really the downloads that are coming in around the paradigm and literally like the pair, like we're not doing anything. The the paradigm is dismantling. Like it's literally self-combusting. So we're in this beautiful time to literally create our reality in a way that's sustainable for all of humanity. And that feels so freaking exciting. So thank you. I love you. Drop any questions in the comments and Jill and I are, are happy to support. Much love. Who's up for creating some magic? Because I'm really thrilled to bring in Lindsay Martin Ellis. Hello. Hello. So happy to be here with you all. So a little about Lindsay. Let me tell you, she is an intuitive coach, feminine embodiment and somatic teacher, human design guide, and executive director for Beauty Counter. And I'm thrilled to really dive in to really dive in today with you. But before we do that, share with all of the beautiful souls out there, what's your mission? What are you up to in the world? My mission is constantly dynamic and evolving and shifting, but what's coming through in this moment is really allowing all beings, but in particular, I really love working with women in embodying wholeness and really getting back into our bodies again walking in wholeness, just really owning the truth of who we are in all facets of self so that we can really step into alignment to really own all the parts of ourself that we disown so that we can walk really everybody home. And that is currently my mission is really moving out of the headspace and into the body first and foremost, so that we can make decisions and move through life from that attuned and aligned place. Mm. And share with us, because I know that you've you've had your own unique journey in the corporate space. And so what what is your experience with this whole like hustle culture and like 
sister, just grind, just grind, grind, grind. You're going to climb this invisible ladder. Like, talk to me about that. Yeah, well, I think it's a lot of bullshit. (laughs) I think it served its purpose. But what I what I really believe to be true is that we were modeled this this way of being like it's nobody's fault. But what we've what we've seen, especially as we're moving out of the industrial age into the information age, it was very much like trading time for dollars. It was very much about scarcity mindset, right? It was very much about like, I need to feed my family. And I think a lot of our conditioning, right, at, through the years, like as we move from the boomer population and so on and so forth, we're now breaking a lot of the conditioning again, just as part of evolution. And so I think we all move from that like raw, raw, this no longer serves me. Like I'm going to move from this grind mentality into this new way of being. And now I think I'm recognizing how much this served and how we're actually all of us. If you're watching this right now are the edge walkers. Like we're really on the cutting edge of shifting from this really competitive. And I need to beat everyone in order to succeed, in order to be on top, in order to support myself and support my family into this more trusting, receptive, magnetic approach, which can sometimes be a little bit scary. So I think we're really in the, we're in a playground right now of just trying things on and and seeing what works. And that feels like a fun place to be, but it does take a little bit of practice, right? To move from that. Okay. This isn't working. I'm going to go to my edge to now being in more of the trying things on and that curiosity and wonderment of what would it look like to work in this way? What would it look like to show up in this way? How do I get to feel in my business? What yeah. is, how do I get to earn, right? And receive from doing what I love. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Well, tell us more about like your journey, because I know it was one, you spent time in the corporate space in a very um, masculine dominated, male dominated field. And like, how was that navigation? Obviously now we can all have hindsight and feel into that, but um, you know, cause you lived it and you breathed it. Yeah. Well, what I recognize now is my decision to, so I was an environmental engineer. I went to college, one of the top engineering schools in the country, University of Florida, really chose my major and chose this, this, um, this role, this corporate role at 17 years old. And I felt like I didn't even know who I was. I feel like now I recognize I made decisions about my future and my profession based on like, can I do a role that right, like I want to be, I want to be the best. Not only do I want to be the best, I want to be, I want to do it better than a man can, right? Or I want to have a role that's lucrative, that that I can grow into, that I can, you know, make all of this money and do all of these things that people really are telling me that I cannot do. And so I paid the price for that, but I also recognize that it was all on purpose. And now I look back and I recognize all of really, it was almost 10 years in corporate. And the reason why I left corporate, which we can get into is I was actually having, I had failing health. My body was breaking down. I had a lot of hormonal health issues. And to me, it was the world, the universe, spirit source, however we want to call it, whatever that universal intelligence is, 
showing me that I'm out of alignment, showing me that this served its purpose to show me what's not working into what now gets to work for me. Um, so it was a very male dominated industry. There was a lot of proving energy. There was a lot of people pleasing. Uh, I was overworking. I was working more than my male counterparts. I felt like I just needed to do it better and I needed to prove myself. A lot of it was actually self-induced. Like I actually co-created those experiences, probably from conditioning, probably from just, you know, fear of feeling like I was going to be behind. And ultimately, I still use all right. So many of you that are watching this are in corporate. There may be some moving out of corporate, some curious Every experience, every certification, every moment of that journey, I still use. I still remember. And it still continues to help me on my path in my intimate relationships and in my business. Yeah, I think that's a really good um, reminder to all of us because we can get like very blinded, like just looking down a pipe. And it's like, that's a, a fear way, right? Because it's a lot of the words you're using, like prove, prove, lucrative, money, time equals money, right? Like if you all are out there, like how does that energy feel, right? These words are coming and it's like this, for me, it's like, uh, uh, right? And there is the space and recognizing how actually did this serve? How did this serve? Because I you all out there, wherever you're at, like Lindsay was saying, you're co-creating in moment to moment. And so let's let's bring up this idea around, wow, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean I'm co-creating? What does it mean that I created this, this right now? Because wherever you're at in your path, if you are aware that you are the creator of your life, um, you know, you might have heard some of this, but like, let's tap this open. Yeah, I think what's coming through in this moment is how we feel is an indicator of what's coming next. And so I feel <laughs> what that means is, right, all of it is welcome. And I believe we we create these experiences to really show us what we deserve, what we like, what we don't like, what serves us, what doesn't serve us. And that's where I think we can really start to own that we are the creator creator of our life. I do think it's important to not bypass though, right? And I think when we hear co-creation, a lot of times there can be, I think the terminology we hear is toxic positivity. It, the terminology doesn't matter, but it really takes owning and recognizing and feeling, right? Like, what does it feel like for me? I had failing health. I was exhausted. I felt like oh my gosh, is this the role that I'm going to play forever? Is this really going to be my life? It felt like Groundhog Day. And I could have just played victim to that, right? I could have just fell in the trap of suffering. Instead, what I did was I really felt all of it. I really started to open up to, wow, what? how is this happening in my life? Why is this happening in my life? Why am I feeling this way? And I started to meet parts of myself that I didn't even know. I also started to notice parts of myself that I disowned, uh, places that I would stuff emotions in the basement. And that's really where I started to, to recognize the co-creation. I think when we can meet the emotions, when we can meet the sensations and the feelings, be at one with them, walk in our wholeness, then we can move into 
that space of co-creation, that space of really recognizing that we are just walking each other home and the universe does have our back, right? We hear all of these terms, but it becomes the felt experience where we really start to trust in our path. And all that I really did was I started to recognize this doesn't feel good. How can I meet that and recognize why this doesn't feel good? And how can I move towards something that feels better? And to me, I think that's the first place to start when we want to really start to play in the realm of co-creation. It's what I'm hearing is the um, consistent, curious inquiry. And I'll, you know, I'll share and, and, you know, and some of you may know out there, I recently left corporate. And so, you know, spent nearly two decades of my life in this space and what it started to be towards the end, because it was getting clearer and clearer that it was time to fully come into my company. And I, I can't tell you how many times I use that Lindsay of like, Jill, okay, I co-created this. What's there here for me to learn? Because it wasn't still yet locked in and aligned of like you leave now. If any, you know, if you hear that like inner voice of it's pretty clear for me, I will hear if I'm tuned in of like, it's time now. And so I just kept asking, well, what's there to learn today? What do I get to receive today? How do I show up in service today? And that went on for two years. And I stayed in the role for two years, keeping being, you know, and so, so there is that possibility to inquire and ask these questions. But what I want to hone in on is the emotion piece, because what I'm seeing and talking to lots of women in corporate in leadership roles is the bypassing of emotions and the projection. And there is too much toxic positivity. And like, let's call it out because it gets to stop. You know, it like really fires me up. When someone wants to come forward, share emotions, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. So as a leader, and you're out there watching this, what is what are beginning practices? Like, yes, there's awareness, but this like, if you've never felt, you know, if you are like bypassing emotions, you can raise your hand. Um, where do where do you start? Yeah, that's a really great question. Well, you know, all of the answers lie in presence. And so when we're actually bypassing emotions, we are really pulling ourselves away further from presence. Honestly, what I teach my clients is the most, the probably the quickest and most efficient way to get back in our bodies and out of our emotionally charged response to be able to feel it, to process it, to move through it so we don't bypass and so we don't numb and avoid is breath. Breath is the first thing that we did when we came into this world. It's the last thing that we are going to do, right? When we when we leave this incarnation. And what I believe breath really does is it connects us to the moment, right? Like new moment, new moment, new moment. And so there's a way that we can then feel an emotion that actually gets us out of story, that actually gets out, us out of the emotionally charged response and allows us to actually bear witness to it, to be with it, to access our inner child, then to allow the nurturing parts of ourselves to come in and self-soothe. And so when we take a breath, and I love sharing this piece because I think it's really supportive. I think about the seasons, right? We think about the cycles of life. Emotions are cycles. Emotions are a wave. 
just like the seasons, just like the lunar cycle, just like how the sun rises every morning and sets every evening. And so when we take that inhale in, what are we doing? We're creating new life, right? Like we're literally in the spring energy. Then we can pause at the top and we're in summer. We're holding that expansion. We're actually holding that space. Then what we do is we exhale. We're back in autumn, right? We're back in perhaps tying up loose ends, nesting, really expelling all that energy. And then this is the most important piece, the winter, the fertile void, the pause between the exhale and the inhale. This is actually where the magic happens. This is where we can actually be at one with our emotions and really feel in order to move through. And I think it's really important. This came through before you asked this question, but I'm sure you can probably relate, Jill. Once I left corporate, there was a whole new round of initiations, a whole new deepening of sensations, emotions, stories, just places from my past, right? Like places where I was triggered, places where I was in fear of being seen, of being vulnerable, of that next threshold of income. And so I think it's really important that we recognize this is why we chose to be here, is to feel so that we can continue to, to have choice. And it never goes away. But when we're in that place, it becomes easier. So I love the breath piece because I think it's the quickest way for us to recognize, is this emotion mine? Is it not mine? Am I in story? Am I not in story? Can I be with this emotion without unleashing onto someone else or having self-deprecating behaviors? And it's it's really the most effective way to feel without having it take you in this downward spiral of suffering. And I love the logical, the, the piece, the visualization you offer for all of you really set in mind and you need to feel that, right? So this can allow you something to connect to of like the seasons and Lindsay's like diagram that you can visualize on the breath. So I love that. And I heard the piece in there. Let's like, let's go to inner child because this is, um, you know, it's something that's out there. And if you're in self-development, you might be hearing like, oh, my inner child or this needs that or that needs. And where, what are questions? Like, how can you even understand? Because there are so many layers of self which we could get in, there's a lot of layers, there's shadow, there's ego, there's like all of these pieces. But a lot of time wounding, and I love you bring up inner child, it does start from like our very young experiences. How, how can the women out there, like how can we begin to reparent? Mm. No matter what age you are, it's a continuous, it's a continuous thing. Yeah. Thank you for asking this. And I notice I always like to, because, you know, previous engineer, I'm very much like, I very much love living in the intuitive flow surrendered state. And I, my mind really likes to have a solid foundation. So what I think is important to share is from about zero to seven, eight years old, we don't have the ability to critically think. So even if you're watching this and you feel like I had a great childhood and my parents are still together and I got everything that I wanted, there's still a lot that happens that many of us don't consciously recall 
that when an event happens, we automatically file it into this, right? Like maybe you lived in a home that there wasn't, you weren't allowed to have any sort of anger, right? Like raising your voice was not an option. And so maybe now there's a lot of anger that's trapped inside of our bodies. And from about like eight to even 16, 17, we don't have the ability to critically think. So there's still from zero to essentially adulthood at around 18 years old, we're really just so lucid and we're so just fragile and we're really like a sponge of if this happens, then this means this. And that automatically becomes our program. That automatically becomes our way of being. And that's where the shadow comes in. That's where the ego comes in. That's where we have our armor. That's where we protect. That's where we don't really show and own all parts of ourselves. So I really think it's important for us to recognize scientifically, right? There's a a lot that we've stored within us, basically because of how our brain develops, that then forms our personality, right? Our personality gets formed as we weave through life and our parents say, don't touch that, it's hot, or you can do this, or you can't do that. And I do feel like if you're watching this, we all get to that point where we're like, wait a second, is that even really true? And so again, I think coming back to that curiosity of, when we allow ourselves, let's just say to connect to the breath, let's say all of a sudden somebody projects onto you and it automatically reminds you of a relationship with your older sister and you're in this emotionally charged space. Can you take a moment to connect to the breath, recognize why this pattern is coming up so that then we can gently begin to reparent, right? Like that's not my story. This isn't how I want to show up anymore. I want to respond from love. I want to respond from discernment. I want to respond from sovereignty and not from that emotionally charged place. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. And I hope that that answered that piece around goes back to curiosity and feeling. And that's when we can gently begin to reparent or re-nurture ourselves into what feels aligned now so that I'm not constantly repeating patterns of calling in either relationships that are coming up for us to heal or how dis disease ends up in our body. Yeah, and the the piece about being, you know, the trigger where you feel however it is that your body it might be tense, it might be like panic, anxiety. Um what can what can we do when we are in a meeting? You know, I think this is a lived experience that's happening. It's happened virtual obviously over the last 2 years. Now we're going back to like in meeting space. And so how can you, when you don't have the time, right? Because maybe you're presenting and someone says something that like you feel the trigger. Well, you might not have the space in that moment to like, oh, okay, this was the childhood and my sister. So how do we allow like the remembering of, okay, I'll come back to that later. So the bypassing is not what we're doing, right? Or the the self like demoralizing, whatever that might be, the drinking or the Netflix. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, because right, we're, we're humans, we have responsibilities, we many of us are parents and taking care of people and other things and, and vocation. So again, it comes back to the breath, right? So right, I love that you presence that because what's important is later on, if you can't in that moment, create the space to explore, especially if you notice 
because this is about noticing sensations. We know that feeling when somebody says something and we feel that gut reaction and we feel the contraction and we feel like we want to hide. And so I'll go back to the breath again, just taking a deep breath in and out, which is so powerful because often let's say we're presenting, we think we need to get through it and get through it and get through it. But the pause, right? The sacred pause to be able to come back to the present moment. Because if we keep going in that presentation, what are we doing? We're actually not in our bodies. We're not connected to the here and now. And so we black out, we leave our bodies. We're literally just going and going and going. And we don't even remember often that experience. So the breath actually connects us to the vagus nerve, which then communicates from the body to the brain that I'm safe. Everything's okay. I can come back to the present moment. I'm not in fight, flight, or freeze. I'm not going to die, right? You could have someone that triggers you, that takes you back to a memory subconsciously or unconsciously that puts you in that state of not feeling safe. So the breath is the quickest way. And I would say also in that moment, if you could just imagine being held by the earth, because oftentimes when we're triggered, we leave our bodies and feeling grounded, feeling connected to the earth coming back to our bodies is the most efficient way. And again, the toxic positivity piece would be to just do that and to not actually meet that again, but to really create the space, even if it's once a week, right? To be like, okay, wow, my boss, this is coming up in every meeting. What's underneath that? I'm really starting to explore there. Yeah. And, um, there is something that you said, and it might come back to me around the, um, it'll come back to me, the breath, um, it will come, it was good, but it's, it's, it's this connection of breath and the choosing not to, to bypass. This is what it is, is when you are in your leadership and you're, and, and Lindsay's like, connect to breath, right? And so you have that practice. This is an awesome practice to enhance your leadership. If you are an executive, if you are in the C-suite, or if you're just starting out in your career or whatever role you are currently in, notice, like, why not just try this on, right? What Lindsay just shared, you're in the middle of a presentation. And instead of talking like this fast, and I'm talking, here we go, we're on to this, da, 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 da. like, that's how I presented at one point in time in my life. I'm sure you used to too. Just take some breaths in between your two sentences and, and then notice, right? How did that presentation feel? How were you received? How was the experience? Um, did you receive what you were asking for in it? You know, and there's just a lot available in that, in that breath presence. Yeah. Especially if you're a classic ummer, right? Ooh. (laughs) Can you, can you, can you create the right? Can you create that relationship with the breath in place of the um? Because oftentimes that is just one example of how we're trying to fill a void, right? How we're trying to move through something, right? We just want to move on to the next thing. And the breath is what will create the spaciousness that allows, right? That receptivity, right? That allows us to feel safe and present. That's how people receive us. That's how people trust us. That's how we make the deal. That's how we negotiate the contracts. So I love that, right? It's just like, let's try it on. Try it on in your next meeting and see if you notice a shift or if you receive feedback in a different way. Yeah, let's jump into all things 
receiving. <laughs> All things flow <laughs> because you know it's uh it is it is an entanglement and and when when we have been programmed in a system that is really not built to support the ebbs and flow of our feminine nature. Um so realizing that okay but now how do we even open up to be able to receive because you know there's a lot of closed off there's a lot of defense there's a lot of armor because we thought we had to do that you're in a male dominated field i was i was in sales you know for my whole career and some points only the only woman you know and it's it's just this built up armor but how do we begin to just like what it unthaw if you're a frozen ice block to just unthaw yeah well, I think going back to the it's not our fault mentality, right? So our hormones cycle roughly every 28 days as as women and our male counterparts cycle every 24 days, 24 hours, I apologize. And so we are not meant to perform the same tasks every day. And again, recognizing that even though we may not, and especially in a corporate role, we're in a mold and a model just to have that awareness as the first step of, okay, wow, as women, especially in the States entered into the workplace, right? In the 50s, 60s, and 70s, as we started to see that shift, we were dropped into a model that was really set up for success for our male counterparts and not for us. And so to have that awareness of, okay, ah, I'm not alone. I'm not meant to feel the same way every single day, right? Like hormonally, we have four different stages of our of our cycle that really allow us to be in that ebb and flow. And so I think it's really powerful once we have that awareness of I'm not meant to perform the same tasks every day. What do I have autonomy over in my corporate role? How can I set myself up for success? For example, if you have a if you currently have a menstrual cycle, tracking that and giving yourself space, even in that corporate role, maybe you ask for more support at home. Maybe you're not stacking your calendar right to where you're doing all of this outward networking. Maybe if there's some optional things, you choose to be like, "Wow, I have a really full week in corporate, and in order for me to receive, to be replenished, to be nourished, I get to create the space." So again, it's back to that autonomy. It's back to that I am the co-creator. We are not victim to our external circumstances. We do have the power to ask for help. We do have the power to potentially go to our bosses and say, hey, I think there's actually a better way to do this, right? Like, right, how can we be solution-oriented so that we can then be able to be in that receptivity? So I feel that once we're in that space of, ah, okay, I'm not alone, how can I set myself up so I'm resourced? That's where the receptivity comes in. And that's honestly where we begin to even outshine our male counterparts. That's how we're able to hold more. That's how we're able to be magnetic and move through life and move through our professions in this way. So to me, in order to really be in receptivity, we get to be fully resourced. And through that, we get to have the awareness of what's working for us, what's not working for us, and how to really ask for support from those either seen or unseen, right? To really create the spaciousness that allows for the receptivity. It's not about adding more. It's about taking away. And that is probably uh, 
maybe pinging some of you out there like, hold up, how can I take it away? I can't take anything away. So what are these four phases? And if a woman is going to look at your calendar and we're hearing you hearing you say, like, take it away and then the receptivity and you are going to actually expand in the in the coming in the contraction, there is expansion. And so what are the four phases? And if a woman's looking at her calendar, like how would be the best way to plan throughout the throughout our ebb and flow? And don't let me forget the offering at the end. I actually have another offering on my website that helps support women through this. So we can even add it or, you know, I can share my website for if those want to go deeper, um, we can absolutely explore it. So again, I love that I talked about the breath in the season. So I'll probably start, I'll probably start at the, at the fertile void. I'll start at the pause that's winter, right? That's when we're in, that's where we start day one, which is our menstrual cycle. If you don't, if you've had a hysterectomy or you've been through menopause, you can follow the lunar cycle as well. Oftentimes, once you follow the lunar cycle, you actually start to know hormonally exactly where you are, right? Because once we're present to it, we actually start to know the cycle that we're in, even if we don't have a bleed. So menstrual cycle, just think about it. What is that winter? That's why I love the analogies. We have support in our cosmology, right? All throughout our environment and in nature with our bodies that are showing us exactly how we get to be. So that is a time that's more inward. We're not going to be as outward facing, right? We're going to require a lot more rest. This is a lot more time for intuitive time, perhaps research, right? Perhaps really, um, just being with yourself and maybe just exploring, what do I want? What new goals do I have? What new desires do I have? Really creating that inward time. Before I move forward, I think it's also really important to note, to notate that even a 5% shift, even shifting one thing, whether it's your workout schedule, your work schedule, your family schedule, in this way, will really start to open up a lot of capacity. So the intention with this is not to say, this is impossible and I have to do it all. It's to just start with what would be one area of your life that you could try on ebbing and flowing and seeing how it supports you. Then what do we do? We inhale. We're in the follicular phase, right? We're in the new phase. What happens in springtime? New life, right? We want to think about this is really a time to start new creations. There's a lot more play we're definitely, this would be a new time to go to a new workout class or go to a new networking event, right? You're really em embracing the new and your energy and your hormones actually support that. Then we move into summer, which is our ovulation phase, the most outward time. So this is the time if you get to set up a moment where you get to really be on, have the big presentation, right? Be able to really be seen, be on calls, really be an outward communication, this would be the time to do so. And then what do we do? We hit our peak, just like anything, everything's a cycle. We go into our luteal phase, just like fall and autumn. We start nesting, we start tying up loose ends. We're more inward again. Maybe we're in the spreadsheets, we're crunching numbers, we're really working on writing things out. And then we go back into the fertile void. So that's really preparing us for the spaciousness of being inward. And 
I know it feels challenging to take away, but this is that old model that we're dismantling that more is better. And, and when we create the space, we're actually able to connect to what's next, what's most important. Does this task need to be done by me? Does it need to be done right now? Does it need to be done at all? And that's where we get more confident in um, delegation and just taking things off the calendar and saying, this isn't happening this quarter and it's not meant to. And that's really where the trust starts to come in of, okay, less means more. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a practice. And I love that you presence the, like, just do one thing, you know, because the the voices right the corporate voices are like yeah but we have a 10 million whatever your goal is right revenue we have a revenue goal to hit q1 how can i take all these things off the plate so i think that's where it's important of like talking of control you can kind of control your space your environment so if there's one thing you can do and maybe it's try the week that you are bleeding to just take as minimal meetings as possible. That could be a good start. I don't know if you have any other tips around like good first starts that could be supportive. Yeah, there was something that came through. Oh, I like if and that, yeah, exactly. Just where do you have more autonomy, right? Like some of you might be CEOs and some of you, you know, might have a boss and you might not feel like you have as much autonomy, but you're absolutely able, you know, just pick one thing. If there's a meeting, for example, and it's not time sensitive, can you look and say, okay, the old me feels like I need to schedule it this week, but what if you create the space and it's not urgent and it gets to happen in two weeks? Like, what would that space look like? So I would say start with something that you feel like you have more flexibility over, even if it can't be in your profession, maybe it's even in the form of meal prep. Maybe it's in the form of cooking, like, right, where can I ask for more help? Or where do I know, wow, I'm not set up to be cooking this week and doing all of these things for my family and picking up from soccer. Where can I ask my significant other? Where can I ask a friend who's going to the the same, you know, sporting event, right? This is where we really get to look at um, what's coming through. And I think what I love about the cycles just like, right, we're in spring now, we're seeing all the rebirth, all the renewal. This is how it gets us out of that linear thinking that there's literally never enough time and we're running out of time and there's always going to be more. When we're more in the cyclic thinking, it feels better. Like, okay, I get to tackle that next month when I'm fully resourced and replenished. And you'll start to notice that you actually have a lot more time and you feel better and your relationships begin to thrive more. And you'll start to notice other people in your life starting to shift, wanting to support you, right? Knowing, oh, wow, Lindsay really does well during this time or this is really working. So this is how we actually can create a new paradigm in the workplace without even needing to explain to our bosses what's really going on right? But this is how we can actually shift the paradigm of this is a new way that actually supports moving forward so that we can have the numbers coming in and we can meet our deadlines and our goals. Yeah, I love that. And again, it's being that in which you want to see in others, you know, 
That's the that's the key of all of you here, your change makers, right? And we get to start that leadership no matter where you're at in your career or your vocation. And um, I just think there's so much available once you try it on. So then you can, like you said, come from a full cup. So then it is overflowing because you can't see now what's available for you unless you release to receive to then allow that capacity that Lindsay's talking about to then receive the magic. You know, we kind of talk about magic. It's like you can't see what's not here until you there is action required. And then and then who knows what's on the other side? Could be the promotion, could be the role you've literally dreamed about forever and ever, or the relationship or 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 all the things. Yeah. And this space is so important, right? Just like with the breath, we can't just keep inhaling, inhaling, inhaling. We can't just be in spring and summer, spring and summer, spring and summer. Eventually, what do we do? We come back to center. Eventually we exhale. Eventually we create the pause. And so it, I just want to presence. It is a revolutionary act to, to shift in this way and to to think this way and to try it on. But when we actually start to understand, well, it makes so much sense. Again, it's modeled to us everywhere. Like we don't just have springtime and things are just blooming, 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 blooming. And we don't have, right? Like, no, there's a season. And when we can really start to be in the like, ah, I'm plateauing and it's meant to be this way so that I can create more capacity so that I could see what's next. And I mean, it's just such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful place to be. And I know if you're watching this, you want more capacity, right? So that we can hold more, so that we can create more change, more shifts, right? So that we could be of service. And this is the secret sauce to being able to hold more. And it's uncomfortable at times and it feels off at times because we're completely dissolving an old way of being. But I promise the other side is so worth it. <laughs> uh, yes, it's the dissolve. It's the dissolve. Um, oh, as we wrap this, I'm curious, talking of curiosity, do you have anything, if you tune in to the audience, all of you out there, anything that you want to share? Any last final piece? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think what's really coming through is curiosity and wonderment. If we can be in curiosity and wonderment, that removes the frustration, that removes the lack and the scarcity and the fear of trying things on, right? Like when we can think of work, what's coming through is work instead of work, can we look at it as exploration, right? Like everything is work, right? Our profession, as we're expanding personal development, moving through life with our loved ones, can we be an exploration knowing that all that we're creating in our life is meant for evolution, is meant for us to grow, is meant for us to be closer to love and joy and freedom. And so when we can go back to, huh, what would it look like? You know, that's come up a lot with us. I think you'll find that there'll be a lot less resistance and it'll be a lot easier for you to move through and try on some of these practices that we shared here today. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. And, and 
Um, you have some really special, you mentioned one earlier. It sounds like you all are getting a second gift because <laughs> Lindsay has one gift, but you know what happens when you open up to receiving sometimes more comes in. So what are your gifts for all of those of you out there watching? Yeah, I think I'll actually, I'll share the one that came through today. I have multiple gifts because, you know, multiple, multiple offerings come through to support and it's a video series. It's a, it's a four part video series with a guide that actually will help you move through, you know, syncing with your body, syncing with hormonally what's happening so that you can feel resourced and supported through all of those phases. I even give examples of personal life, like when to have date night, when to when to work out, what type of workout to do, foods that can actually nourish you and support you, and obviously vocation-wise, what tasks to perform. And so that's the cycle syncing guide and uh, video series. And then what originally was going to come through is my Awakened Woman um, archetypal quiz, which really just kind of helps you come home to who am, who am I at my core, at my core essence, and how am I meant to show up energetically to serve, right? All of us play a role here. So again, it kind of helps you hone into what are my gifts? What are my strengths? Who am I? How am I meant to show up? How am I meant to support? And so I think both of those could be really fun. But the cycle thinking guide is actually feeling like as it was a topic of conversation that could really support the women in corporate at this time. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. I know all of you out there watching are like, ah, frantically probably going to click to find out more. Um, so I just, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time and your wisdom today. So grateful. So grateful to be here. Mm, for all of you out there watching, sending you so many blessings and go create some magic. Thank you so much for your presence and contribution in tuning in today. If you found value from this episode, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You can tag me at Lindsay Martin Ellis. I always love hearing from you. So I invite you to send me a love note via direct message and share your experience and ahas. Also, I have a beautiful free offering for you if you have not already taken advantage of my free quiz to discover your unique soul's blueprint so that you can activate your feminine frequency and embody more of you. You can find the link below in the show notes. And lastly, I invite you to leave a rating and review if any of my content in these podcast episodes resonates. This is the best and most effective way to support this podcast and reaching more people awakening around the globe. You can simply leave a quick review to share what you love most about my teachings and how this has impacted your life. Thanks again so much for being here from the bottom of my heart. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Soulshine Radio. Sending so many love and blessings. <laughs>